counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut, you better want it in your bones. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends podcast wags we just got done with our second packer preseason game a couple nights ago we're recording on sunday after packer practice and um didn't get the win but i thought some guys showed up uh, what are your first impressions well i hate to say that this was about what i expected but first road game uh, some of the young guys out on the road against an opponent that really takes the preseason very seriously. Obviously, 15. they've won 15 <laughs> games in a row in the preseason. And to be honest, I think the Ravens are going to be a quality team this year. The way they finished last season with Lamar Jackson taking the reins, it seems like they have a team that has a strong identity, and they know what they want to do, and they went out there and took care of business. Packers had some unforced errors and uh, didn't have the, the cleanest game, but um, came out uh, pretty healthy, I think. Uh, we shouldn't be too concerned about any of the uh, guys that were held out, particularly number 12. So all in all, uh, it was not a disastrous effort. We got some, some tape on some of the younger guys, uh, and uh, I think we're ready, gonna be ready to go here for the next couple of weeks. How impressed were you? Let's just get into it. Curtis Bolton played a monster game on special teams, had a couple really impressive tackles, I thought, open field tackles on special teams, which folks, not easy to do. Also, just seems to be one of those kids that finds his way around the football. Uh, were you as impressed as I was with just his ability to just be looking like a very sound football player? Absolutely, and for those who think preseason doesn't matter, uh, this was a guy that as recently as a couple of weeks ago seemed like he might be a stretch to make the roster, and he's basically solidifying himself uh, a position as in the starting roster right now. Mm -hmm. So, uh, undrafted kid out of Oklahoma, and I think the best thing about him is his pass coverage skills. You just don't see guys come into the league with that uh, ability at the second level, um, especially someone that you know certainly wasn't highly regarded in terms of being a high draft pick. So uh, good for Bolton. Obviously, he has uh, done some of the right things to earn the opportunity to start the other night, and uh, he backed it up with his play again uh, two weeks in a row. And let's uh, let's piggyback on the undrafted train here on the offensive side of the ball. Wow, Darius Shepard. We talked about seeing him at training camp and we had a chance to go watch him and um, live. This kid is talented. He, he looks like he knows what he's doing on punt returns, but also on the offensive side of the ball. And that's something that, frankly, I wasn't expecting this much input from uh, this young man so quickly. I am surprised that he's made as much of an impact as a receiver. Yeah. Certainly when we were at practice, he jumped off the, the field at us uh, for his the smoothness of his ability as a return man. Uh, but man, uh, even though he didn't break a long punt return, those returns just look good. He is standing under the football, making a quick move, making that initial guy miss, and gaining positive yards. Uh, I thought the Ravens uh, had some pretty good coverage, uh, had some nice punts 
uh, some decent hang time, and he stood under them and fielded them, didn't let them bounce. Uh, that uh, gained seven, eight, nine yards on his returns. That's a, a net of perhaps, you know, 15, 20 yards difference by the, the fact that he not only didn't fair catch it, but didn't let it bounce and roll. Dane, that makes a huge difference, especially the way J.K. Scott was punting mm-hmm. in this game, too. We're not rooting to see a lot of the punter, no. but uh, it would be a welcome sight to have Scott come in and be able to uh, punt that ball deep into the territory of the opponent uh, with a lot of hang time the way that he did the other night as well. Yeah, and the question for, for Scott, we know he's got a big leg, but what's exciting to see out of him is he's seemingly becoming more and more consistent here in year two. We knew he could boom him. We saw him do that last year, but this offseason and now translating into these preseason games, uh, he looks like uh, he looks the part of an NFL punter. He looks like he's um, starting to get a little bit more touch on the ball when he needs to. Obviously, it's not November in Lambeau Field yet, but I'm really encouraged by, uh, by what he's done. It's very clear that he's been putting in a lot of work. And speaking of guy that's been putting in a lot of work, Tony Brown. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know Curtis Bolton's the one that came down with that interception uh, in the game, but that's because Tony Brown got in there and punched that ball up. And um, he's somebody who, uh, dare I say, he looks like he could be a starter on this defensive backfield at some point during this year. He's aggressive. I love the energy he brings to the defense. He's in receivers' faces. He's talking, but he's also in the right position at the right time, and he's not afraid to make a play. Absolutely. And Tony's a guy we've been talking about uh, all offseason. We were a little bit down on him last season because of some of the inconsistencies. A few, let's just say, uh, um, mental mistakes Mm -hmm. uh, when he got some opportunities uh, during the year, but uh, certainly bounced back. And and part of it, too, is all the work he's putting in. I think uh, I saw a quote from uh, Rogers lately praising Tony, just saying what a great personality he is in the room, but also that he's always the first guy there, last guy to leave. Yeah. And, you know, that's not superficial. You have to put in the work, and, and uh, certainly the coaches, uh, his teammates, and uh, the front office personnel all notice those things. Uh, and that's not for nothing. He has to go out and prove it on the field as well. But Tony's been doing that. He's been doing it on both sides, uh, doing all the right things to not only make the team, but uh, be someone that can make an impact uh, on this defense moving forward. And so I am really pleased with what we've seen from Tony Brown as well. Uh, We need some of these guys that can come in that aren't, you know, not necessarily expected to be the stars Mm -hmm. and step up because uh, as talented as this defense maybe this year we're going to need some depth there's going to be injuries that happen uh, and tony is someone that quite honestly i think he's pushing kevin king giving him all that he's uh, uh you know can take at this point because uh kevin is as talented as it gets and, and we certainly hope that he can take a step forward this year but you know when tony's flying all over the field making those plays it doesn't matter where you're drafted. At some point, whoever's earned the spot is going to get the opportunity to play. Yeah, and not only Kevin King, but also Josh Jackson. I mean, we, we talk about these DBs. 
Don't be surprised, folks, if week one against Chicago Bears, we're looking at a, a starting defense with Jair Alexander, Tony Brown, and Tremont Williams there, right? I mean, I, I just wouldn't be shocked if those are your corners that are getting the, uh, the, the, the big reps early on. And that's not uh, a slight on Josh Jackson, and that's not on King either. It's just the fact that Tony Brown seems to be one of those kind of guys that's seizing an opportunity. And I love watching him play football. Also, speaking of guys that we like watching football, and we, this goes all the way back to our wide receiver preview before camp even started. Alan Lazard is somebody who is making the most out of, out of his opportunity. He's a kid who we had uh, got some snaps last year in the regular season. Uh, was definitely under the radar, I think, with the average Packer fan going into this. There's a lot of bigger names that were out there, draft picks, otherwise. But all of a sudden, we're watching this kid with the big six foot five frame coming down with passes, making a name for himself. And he's in the mix now to make this roster, isn't he, Wayne? Absolutely. And you've got to wonder what's going to happen with this receiver group. Uh, we've got some guys that are really stepping up with, yeah. with Lazard. I mean, he's doing everything. And he's got some of the some great physical tools as well. Mm -hmm. He certainly wasn't a highly drafted player, but had a, a very productive career at Iowa State. Was a highly recruited kid uh, coming out of high school. And uh, he's, boy, I mean, he, through two games, he's proven it as well. So, you know, if you're guys that are in part of that receiving group, Jamon Moore, um, you know, uh, even Aquamania St. Brown hasn't been doing much this, this so far in the games, has had some drop. Both of those guys have had some drops. I don't think, you know, either of them right now, you're going to say, are, are going to be cut, but they are going to have to finish this, uh, this uh, training camp strong uh, because it might come down to one of those two guys. Um, right now, it seems like Taylor Redding's on the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. uh, and Jake Kumro, another, I mean, just look at all these undrafted guys. Uh, Kumro, certainly we don't need to reintroduce to anyone. No. Uh, but I'm sorry, Jake Kumro, uh, not sorry. I'm very pleased that Jake Kumro is going to be making this roster. Um, he is someone that is, you know, solidified himself. For sure. I mean, he just earned the trust of everyone on the offensive side of the ball, and he just goes out there and gets the job done. So there's not really too many openings no. here. And if it looks like uh, if it looks like uh, Shepard and Lazard are going to sneak their way onto the roster, uh, you know, those other two guys, along with Trevor Davis, are really going to be fighting and scratching for perhaps that final roster spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the roster right now. I think the Packers are keeping seven receivers. I really do. But if you folks go look at the roster right now and name those seven, it's going to be slim pickings. It's really hard to get down to seven because we're going to be getting rid of a football player that's either shown a lot on tape or a football player that has a ton of potential. If we well, let's only just name seven. right yeah. now, Dane, who do you got right now making the roster? So I, I, right I got Devonte Adams. I got Geronimo Allison. I've got um, I'm going to go with MVS. I think those are kind of your core three receivers. I think Jay Kumaro has shown more than enough that he's making this roster. I think St. Brown's making the team. I think, uh, I think that Shepard is making this team. And now the question becomes, is it going to be Lazard? Is it going to be Jamon Moore? I think that's kind of that back end there. I don't see Trevor Davis making this team if Derry Shepard continues to do what he's done. So I think it's going to be a tight 
squeeze, and I can't expect the Packers to, to keep eight wide receivers out of camp like they did last year. I just think that they're going to need that roster spot other places, potentially a third quarterback spot, uh, potentially a, another tight end or a fullback spot. Uh, or an offensive line spot. There's just too many other roster spots. So I think we keep it to seven, but is it going to be Lazard? Is it going to be Jamon Moore? Or does somebody show up late that, uh, you know, I'm surprised about like a Malik Taylor who got into camp late. Does he show enough that he's hanging around or, you know, who is it out there? I don't think Teo Redding's probably going to make the club at this point. I thought he kind of uh, had a tough game this last game watching the film back. Um, but you know, we're getting down there. What What's your take, Wags? So I'm surprised that you've, you didn't name Trevor Davis at all. So do you think he has no chance now with Shepard uh, performing the way I don't think he he's making the team. So Shepard pretty much has, in your mind, locked up a spot because yeah. maybe not as a receiver per se, but because of the what he's bringing to the team as a return guy, what he showed this last week against the Ravens, do you think that's enough for Coach Menenga and the rest of the staff on, on special teams to say, this is our guy? I think Shep brings something to this wide receiver room that none of the other receivers really have. He's a different body type. A lot of these guys that are out there are a little bit longer, doing a lot of different things. Shep appears to me to be more of your traditional slot kind of guy. He actually, I watching the game a couple nights ago, I was watching with my fiance and I looked at her and I said, if he's wearing number 18 right now, I think he was rookie year Randall Cobb. He <laughs> runs with that kind of body type. He runs with that move. Obviously doesn't have that second round draft pedigree that uh, Randall had for us, but he's kind of got that movement. And um, anytime you've got a guy who shows up on tape, shows up when the lights are on bright, but also brings something different to your offense potentially and can contribute in special teams, I can't imagine a scenario right now with his upside going through the roof where he doesn't make the roster. Listen, I don't disagree. I was just yeah. surprised that already, but he almost broke that kickoff. Yeah. And this is a guy you can just tell on the special teams, I, I, he he can he can just make guys miss, and he's got lateral quickness, and he's got bursts to be able to get upfield and make a cut, and that is what a lot of guys that are in that special teams return man role that are very very successful at it possess. Uh, he's got that look, and you are absolutely right. If he is left-handed and was a former quarterback. <laughs> I think we would have Randall Cobb. Right. Uh, you can't switch to number 18 at this point, but uh, I, I hope so. And based on what we've seen from him, uh, he seems like he's not afraid of those bright lights and he's, he's ready to step up here. So um, I, I agree. I think this kid is, is going to be um, a big part of what we're doing this year. This is a good problem to have, right? But as we look at the roster wags, are there guys right now on the roster at the wide receiver position that you you can confidently say probably aren't going to make the regular season roster? Mind you, all these guys that we've mentioned, a lot of them are young enough that they have some practice squad eligibility. So I think that there's still room here. I wouldn't be shocked even if we keep seven, but then try to stash an eighth on the practice squad because there's just that much talent here. The question is who that would be. Yeah. Um, because if they've done enough here, are they going to latch on on the practice squad or are they going to be able to make a roster somewhere else? The the guy I have a hard time moving on from at this point is Jamon Moore. Unfortunately, too, he might man. have a, a situation where He's just in a numbers game, and the talent at the position and the performance of the guys around him 
are, are crunching him out. But he just, I still think he has some of the talent and some uh, raw ability that uh, not a lot of guys have. Mm -hmm. And he, you know who he reminds me a lot of? He, he reminds me, uh, dare I say, he reminds me a lot of, of uh, he reminds me a lot of Devontae Adams mm -hmm. when he first came into the league. Devontae was someone that was known for having great hands in college, and he even struggled a little bit with the drops. And I'm not saying that Jamon Moore has the chance to become as good as what Devontae Adams is right now, but he's got some of that same size and physical ability and you know speed, um, length. And, and so it would just be a shame if we didn't have a chance to see to have him develop and, and put it all together mm -hmm. uh, in Green Bay. So um, I, I don't know that that helps his cause right now uh, because of who, who else is competing with him for a spot on the roster. But I just I think he just needs a little bit of time and, and he could start to put some things together. So I would hate to see that happen elsewhere. But uh, I guess it's just, it just kind of depends on, uh, well, it'll be very fascinating to see what happens. Yeah, and I, I've got to piggyback on Jamon Moore because he was, when we did our wide receiver preview to, to look backwards again, um, he's one of those guys thought could be a breakout candidate of the entire team going into year two. And I say that, and I still believe he's got so much talent. And you can tell when he scored that touchdown in week one of the preseason, his spike, he could have thrown that you know, he hit it, he threw that so darn hard. And you could tell he was frustrated even after the touchdown. And he does all the hard stuff really easily. He gets separation. He gets open. He does the, he, he seems to, you know, do these things. He's so athletic and he's just, I think he's thinking about it a lot too. He clearly wants this really bad. So I agree. And I wonder uh, if maybe he is a practice squad eligible guy, should he not, you know, be able to with this numbers game, if, if they decide they need to keep, you know, another six or seven guys ahead of him right now, because I would hate to see him go somewhere else. I think he could potentially have a bright future in Green Bay as well. Absolutely. So a couple of things that I know some fans were certainly frustrated by, um, not the best performance by our quarterback group no. the other night and a lot of missed tackles. I have to say, uh, as far as the former, I'm not terribly surprised. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish uh, certainly they would have uh, been a little bit uh, more consistent, played a little bit better. First road game for those guys, they're going to be a little bit uneven. Mm -hmm. they're, they're young, and, and unfortunately, it wasn't the best performance, uh, particularly for uh, Kaiser and Boyle, who saw the most time. Um, so I think... I would expect that we might see a bounce back effort from them and they'll be a little bit back and forth. Um, I thought they certainly acquitted themselves well in the first game and um, have some things to learn from uh, yeah. coming out of this one. And Wags, and this isn't an excuse, but these guys are creatures of habit and the plan all along was Aaron Rodgers was gonna play the first quarter and then these guys were gonna come in after. Rodgers, of course, late game scratch, uh, uh, precautionary uh, with a little bit of uh, stiffness in his back. So all of a sudden, everything gets bumped up earlier. And I, I, I'm not saying that's an excuse, but it's just a fact of the matter is that they did get kind of get thrown this curveball. Obviously, you still want to see guys perform and perform well when they're thrust into these uncertain situations. But I think it's something to, to at least uh, to be fair to mention as well. Well, 
they are a backup quarterback. When else are they going to be thrust into the, the game? <laughs> but a unexpected situation, Dane. Uh, but that's okay. I think they'll be fine. Uh, they just need some more reps, and and they'll they're going to see quite a bit more action in in the last couple of preseason games. So. All right, Wags is the uh, backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers on the roster right now. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they're going to go out anywhere at this point. Uh, I would be pretty surprised. Yeah, you never know. If they, if they feel like they can upgrade the roster and, and there's someone out there that makes sense, fine, go for it. Um, I guess it really depends on if they think that they can develop a couple of guys here or if they would prefer to just develop one and bring someone in that's more of a known commodity in that backup role. So uh, I don't know what they're thinking at the moment, but uh, it, it would be surprising to me if they, at this point, made a change to that magnitude. Um, missed tackles, Dane, any thoughts there? I mean, it's certainly not what you'd like to see, but uh, some, some of that, I guess, I don't know, uh, heavy legs, lots of practices, first road game, I, I'm not sure. They got pushed around a little bit, but it's tough with the game plan. You're not necessarily gonna be doing much other than vanilla looks, so uh, particularly the refs seem to like to throw the laundry around a little bit more in the preseason even than they do in the regular season. So I don't want to say that guys weren't going 110%, but sometimes there's a variety of factors that might uh, affect what's going on out there on the field. If this spills into the regular season, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm just going to say it. I, I, we, we've seen it time and again. I'm not going to right now... Um, you know, get over my skis on this and, and be too upset because you're right. It's preseason. There's a lot of different mix and matches going on right now. Um, all that said, missed tackles at the NFL level drive me absolutely crazy. Um, I don't know how many missed tackles there were in this game by the Packers defense, but my goodness, 19, they were 19 missed tackles. They had 24 against the Texans. So they improved. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So so I just said I wasn't gonna overreact and now my, my head hurts. I, I hate missed tackles because it's just a fundamental part of the game to, to tackle the ball carrier. Um, so I'm not going to overreact, but I'm gonna say that's something that I'll continue to be watching as we get closer uh, to the regular season. We haven't seen the, the full unit. Um, you know, a lot of the missed tackles I do think came a little bit later in the game. I have noticed two weeks in a row that a scrambling quarterback has caused a little bit of trouble. Um, but, you know, uh, vanilla defense, 100% agree with you, but it's just something to start to keep an eye on. But I'm glad it's happening in the preseason. I'd rather them, uh, it happened now and they can focus on it as they roll into the regular season than them, you know, tackling great. And then week one against the Bears, we're bouncing off running backs. I don't want to see that. Well, I don't know that it's something that you could just flip a switch on. But to be fair, as you said, you've got all kinds of guys going in and off the field, lots of rotations, lots of looks, a lot of guys out there that you know won't be on the final roster. Um, and... Uh, it's, I guess the disappointing thing is, is you know, is some of those are guys that should be you know, make, out there making plays. And it doesn't matter if you're a starter or you're the 85th guy on the roster. you got to get out there and make those plays. 
And at the NFL level, you just can't have that many missed tackles. I agree. Uh, but, um, hey, they had five less in the previous week. So at this pace, mm -hmm. by the time the regular season starts, we're not going to have more than a couple missed tackles a game. So that sounds great. we're yeah. going to be all good. No worries about it. Um, all right. Well, did you have any other thoughts? Otherwise, I think uh, let's transition into doing another positional preview. We've, we've covered most of the team so far. We've got two primary position groups left. Uh, in the uh, edge rushers, outside linebacker group, uh, as well as the DBs. Uh, so today, mm -hmm. uh, I think um, I am excited to talk about both these groups, but we're going to focus on the edge guys, uh, and that features a couple of big-time newcomers uh, in free agent acquisitions, Zedarius and Preston Smith. Dane, what are your overall thoughts on this position group? So we got, it's completely different than it was last year. We've got a, uh, now a backup at the position that had uh, double digit sacks last season. That's encouraging. Um, I think that right now we're probably gonna keep five, maybe six at the edge position, but I would think probably five of those five. Um, I think that four are absolute locks. Uh, Zadarius Smith is a lock. Uh, Preston Smith's a lock. We have our uh, rookie, Rashad Gary, is a lock. And um, Kyler Fackrell is a lock. I think those four guys are locks. So now the question is, we're looking at the, that bottom end roster spot, and is it going to be um, you know, a familiar face like a Reggie Gilbert? Or are we starting to look at uh, a newcomer like a Randy Ramsey or a Marcus Jones or a Greg Roberts? Uh, but overall, uh, a lot different than it was. Clay Matthews is in Los Angeles. Nick Perry still a free agent. The Packers have upgraded this position. They invested very heavily. And um, in Coach Pettin's defense, I'm expecting a lot of different looks. I'm expecting scenarios where three or four of these top line guys uh, with both Smiths, Gary and Fackrell are all on the field, perhaps at the same time. Some hand in the dirt, some um, you know, rushing the passer, some dropping back, causing confusion, causing mayhem. But I'll tell you what, uh, no one can accuse Goody of not trying to get better at this position. Yeah, and what I really like about all of these guys is they're very stout, very solid against the run. All of them can play the run well. Um, and a couple of them obviously uh, also possess a, a, um, a, a great ability to get after the passer. And if we can do that just uh, with our uh, front guys without having to send extra uh, guys uh, on the edge or up the middle um, from that second and third level, which we're going to do anyway. We know Coach Patton loves to aggressively scheme guys uh, uh, get after the quarterback. But uh, more often than not, if we can get after the quarterback with pressures, even if they're not sacks, that's, that's huge. That uh, takes a lot of pressure off the secondary group and not having to cover as much. And to be able to press up and play the ball a little bit more too. So um, Fackerel certainly a guy that had a, a great season statistically last year, but I would like to see him uh, take another step forward in being able to get more pressure uh, on the quarterback on a consistent basis um, instead of relying on schemes to get after the quarterback as much as he did in the past. Yeah, and I think that this is a defense that's the sum of, uh, sum of all of its parts. I don't think that if, if Packer fans are expecting one of these guys to have 14 sacks, I think that they're probably looking at the wrong defense. I think what we're going to see is we're going to see guys coming from all different angles that are going to cause mayhem all across the board. So don't be shocked if one week 
Preston Smith's getting his a little bit, but then the next week, Sedarius Smith's getting his, and then Fackrell comes at you, you know, from another angle, and then Gary maybe is picking up some tackles one week and then a sack the next. And these are going to be guys, I look to um, a different defense, but if you remember the old New York Giants defense when they won those Super Bowls, they just had guys coming at you. They had guys coming from different angles all the time, and it was all about getting guys in different positions to hit the quarterback, and I think that that's what we're going to see. Of course, different defense but athletic guys that are able to do a lot of different things really well and I think that's what we have and I'm excited then because we're not asking Rashad Gary to do everything we're not asking Preston Smith to do everything we're asking these guys to just find the role pick the role and make plays when they need to sure and that's such a good point because we have the guys on the D line that can make that push up the middle and so if 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 these outside linebackers are able to consistently pressure the quarterback on the edge uh, then we've got guys in Kenny Clark Montrevious Adams um, James Looney these guys can get a push up the middle and if that quarterback is feeling the heat and has to step up in the pocket uh, those are the kind of guys that can make sacks uh, from the interior defensive line position mm -hmm. and they may not get double digit sacks either but if those guys all get you know, five to seven sacks this year, I wouldn't be shocked. And that's that's making just as much of an impact uh, for a guy like uh, Zedarius or Preston Smith. If each of them are in that eight to 11 sack range and those interior guys are racking up some sacks and the quarterback has a head on their swivel and, you know, the run defense is stout, uh, boy, that just makes them dangerous. They can't run at any particular weak links on the edge. They can't. Uh, they've got to be accounting for, for guys on both sides of the ball, line of scrimmage. Uh, it just makes the job for the opposing offense that much harder. Uh, and uh, I think that's what we're looking for, I agree, as a unit uh, from this group. Uh, because uh, we've got now guys that can come in rotationally mm -hmm. uh, in Gary and Fakro, and even, uh, you know, maybe w one or two of those other guys, whoever makes a roster, whether it's a Gilbert or, you know, whether, um, uh, whether it's a, uh, a Randy Ramsey. Um, some of these guys might get uh, a couple of snaps here and there, uh, probably not going to see the, the field a ton short of injury. But um, with fresh legs uh, in a passing situation, they can get in there and, you know, let the dogs loose and, and perhaps mm -hmm. get a sack here and there as well. So uh, it's exciting. I think this is a very, very athletic group. Um, and I think they can get their hands on the ball a little bit too um, and deflect some passes. Uh, so we've already seen some of that. So uh, this is going to be something that absolutely great point, Dane. Um, it's not all going to be in the total sack numbers. There's a lot more that goes into playing this position. Yeah, and uh, yeah, hopefully we make the quarterback just all sorts of uncomfortable this year. <laughs> um, so do you agree with my assessment, Wags, or what's your take on this position? Do you think in five or so pass rushers, you, I mean, is it fair to say and fair to assume that those top four guys are probably going to be locks of this team and we're watching um, Reggie Gilbert getting into a battle with some of these younger people? Or what's your, what's your impressions of the, this position group? Yeah, I, I think so. It's possible they could take six. You know, what Ramsey's been doing on special teams so far, mm -hmm. uh, is that a guy that they say we've got to have on the roster? But, you know, um, if, they, if they feel like Gilbert's got to be on the 53, if he earns a spot, um, we haven't seen um, any of Greg Roberts so far. Uh, he's, got, he's someone that uh, you mentioned before, the pod. He's kind of intriguing. He's got some size, 6'5", 260. 
uh, and uh, they've kept uh, him on the roster. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if we get a look at him at some point mm -hmm. um, or if he's someone that they uh, just keep as an injury designation and uh, perhaps joins the team on the practice squad at some point during the regular season and is sort of kept in reserve. Um, but uh, I, I would say five is probably most likely yeah. unless for special teams purposes they feel like they have to, to carry that six guy. Yeah, and you mentioned Greg Roberts, and we haven't had a chance to see him. He's he's a guy that I'm so excited to see if we we can get him on the field right now. You know, he's been on the, he was put on the physically unable to perform list. Uh, not sure exactly what that injury is, but he's a guy the Packers paid an awful lot of money to. So you know, the, when these guys go undrafted, sometimes it's better to go undrafted than drafted late because you can pick your team, and there's a lot of negotiating about uh, about the on the financial side of how much money you can make. So this kid got a seven thousand dollar signing bonus, but he also got sixty five thousand dollars of his base salary guaranteed. That's a lot of money going to an undrafted kid. Um, I think the reason uh, for that is because he's the kind of guy that uh, the Packers really like. I think he's got a similar body type. As you mentioned, you mentioned his, his height weight. Reminds me a lot of the other bigger guys that they brought in uh, this offseason, both through the draft and free agency. And, um, you know, he was a, a all big 12 honorable mention kid that played at Baylor. So haven't seen him yet, but there's a reason this late in the game, we've seen the Packers churn the bottom end of this roster quite a bit in, uh, in training camp. And the fact that this kid's still hanging around right now, although he hasn't been on the field, means the Packers want to get a good look at what he can do for them. Yeah, son of uh, former NFL player Greg Roberts Sr. Um, he also won the Outland Trophy. So wow. um, it certainly comes from uh, good bloodlines. And, you know, we've got another guy on the roster this year undrafted in Curtis Bolton uh, out of the Big 12 um, at another program in Oklahoma. Uh, certainly that doesn't guarantee that Roberts can play, but uh, certainly I would like to see what he has as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, the outlier to me is if Ramsey outright, outright makes a team as the fifth guy. Mm -hmm. um, he's been playing, I think, pretty well. In the I like that he him, has. yeah. Um, certainly they brought him in uh, pre-draft uh, for one of their interviews, uh, and um, he was someone that we talked about before the draft for that reason. They picked him up as an undrafted free agent, and he's been in the program now, and, and um, I think he contributes in a lot of different ways. Kind of has a good look, and I, I feel like he might be kind of the the younger Reggie Gilbert, dare I say. Um, and Gilbert's been around a while and has earned some opportunities. And I don't, uh, I, you know, I, I think Gilbert's a, a good guy to have on, on the team. But mm -hmm. um, at, at this point, I don't know how much more you're expecting him to develop. It's it's hard because I like Reggie Gilbert too. We've, we've liked him. We've seen him play ball in person a few times and he looks the part. Um, this this year, he's got a, a sack in both preseason games. So he's got two sacks in the, in the preseason. So the question really becomes, I think it's Reggie Gilbert's position probably to lose at this point, in my opinion, or going into training camp. So then does Randy Ramsey, the kid from Arkansas, make this push? And can he show up on special teams and do the kinds of things? Does he show enough upside that they decide they need to move on for somebody like Reggie Gilbert? And Frankly, that's a tall order. I really think it is. I think that Gilbert has shown uh, that he can mix in and make some plays at the NFL level. Uh, but I do have to say, I really like what Ramsey's done so far, and he's probably putting on enough tape 
Uh, if he continues uh, it is upward trajectory that he's done the first two games, he's put on enough tape that um, if he doesn't, if he gets uh, released by the Packers here at the final cuts and goes into um, and, and becomes available, there's a chance that he could be a bottom end roster guy that another team sees enough tape that they like and they say, let's bring him on and put him on the 53. I think at this point for Ramsey at the bare bottom basement, he's a practice squad player for the Packers with the, with the upside of either being on the Packers 53 or another team's 53. Yeah, and the only two guys we haven't mentioned then are Marcus Jones and Brady Sheldon. Mm -hmm. And reading between the lines, they just really haven't gotten on the field in two preseason games. So it, it doesn't seem like uh, they have much of a chance of making this roster uh, and probably aren't really practice squad um, eligible guys either. Um, short of something just, you know, really popping in the next couple of weeks yeah and it's tough i mean sheldon sheldon's an interesting case he uh he was on the packers practice squad last year uh, we brought him in i think in november or so and um, you know he he was a college safety kind of a he's like a i don't know what he weighs he's got me in the 220 somewhere at, at least at one point um and you know i think he he's uh he played some inside linebacker i saw him play inside linebacker uh this past game but i think he played two three snaps so you're right he wasn't playing a lot i think it's um from my perspective you could kind of interchange if he's inside linebacker outside linebacker um and then uh, marcus jones comes in from uh, baltimore he was an undrafted kid who um wasn't able to stick in baltimore so definitely it has um you know he has room to to try to make the team he has been a late addition just haven't seen enough of him to, to really have an opinion we saw him a little bit when we had a chance to go to camp to try to get a sense of what he um you know what he does but we haven't gotten a lot of game tape on him yeah uh producer dozer seems to like what he's <laughs> seen, seen on him so far though apparently he's trying to get in here and get his word in uh, but yeah uh it's certainly brady sheldon a small school kid out of ferris state uh, listed six five two thirty so um you know it's just it, unfortunately sometimes there's just not a, uh, enough reps to go around they've got a lot of guys that they're trying to get out there and get some tape on uh, so uh, perhaps he's someone that sticks around if, if they want to continue to try to develop him. They've got an uh, extra uh, spot on the practice squad that they can uh, slide him in there. But uh, just reading between the lines, it doesn't look like he has um, uh, someone that they have plans for to see the field at all this year. Yeah, and I will say you're right. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be it's tough, right? It's, it's a upward, and he, he did have that opportunity in the practice squad, so we'll see if uh, – if he shows enough here, or perhaps he has an opportunity to come back and stay within the organization uh, through tape, but uh, it's 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 going to be tough. But I will say with Marcus Jones, he was the uh, D2 player of the year last year. He actually has a school record with 37 sacks. Granted, lesser level of competition that he's played against than, you know, say uh, some of these other guys, say Ramsey from Arkansas or, or Roberts from Baylor. But he did show enough in college, I think, to, to warrant this, this roster spot. The question becomes, can he make most of the opportunity? Does he get an opportunity to get on the field? And um, so far, it just hasn't been the case. Yeah. Um, so overall, Dane, what do you, how do you feel about this group then? We, we you know, certainly are excited by the additions that were made. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going to define success for this position group? I don't look at the numbers. Uh, right away, Packer fans, we're not looking at, we're not going to have, I don't think, the Clay Matthews, you know, 13, 14 sack years. But what I think we're going to have is 
uh, position group full of guys that are disruptive, that are going to make quarterbacks uncomfortable week in, week out. And, um, and, and it's going to be more of a team unit. And I welcome that. We've seen a lot of uh, injuries occur to um, the Packers just broadly over the last few years. I don't want to be relying on one guy. I think this is going to be a, a, a true team effort of a lot of really talented guys. They're going to be able to come in and I don't know how you block all of them. I would not want to be an offensive coordinator that's sitting here going, or the offensive line coach going, okay guys, this week, You've got Gary coming this way, and you got Fackerel. Oh, by the way, Preston Smith's coming up the middle. Oh, and you see Zadarius Smith right there? Yeah, his hand's in the dirt on this play. The next play, he's dropping back into coverage. I don't want to be that offensive coordinator. And that is a testament not only to the talent that all four of those guys possess, and then, mind you, Gilbert or Ramsey or Roberts or one of these other guys that could potentially come in and continue to blossom, um, I, that's a credit to the, the, the coaching staff so far, these individual players, and also Goody seeing a need and trying to fill that need. Well, and luckily, we're around and can break this down for all of you. Um, and uh, Pro Football Focus has uh, weekly grades on the games, and that definitely goes beyond how many sacks a player gets. Yes. Uh, so um, I think it would be fair to say, statistically, uh, how about how this defense performs against the run? Does that hinge to a large part on, on how sound uh, this outside linebacker uh, position performs. I, granted, there are, you know, it, that has to all come together uh, across the board. And, you know, the defensive line has to perform. Mm -hmm. uh, the secondary has to do their part against the run as well. But, and, and certainly the inside linebackers have to uh, finish tackles. Yeah. Uh, they all do. But I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of the success of the run defense uh, hinges on, on how sound and how well these guys perform on, on their part and setting the edge and setting up the other guys uh, to do their job as well. Yeah, Wags, it's, this defense, I think, is predicated on third and long. Getting the offense to third and long then allows for all these stunts and these guys to all do what they do and, and, and give these different looks. But if you're not stopping these guys and we're not stopping these guys on first and second down and we're not getting third and eight and instead it's third and three, it's gonna make everybody's job just a little bit more difficult. So I couldn't agree more. I think you're absolutely right. All right, well, do you have any final thoughts then, Dane, on the outside linebacker group or um, what, what, what do you think then um, should we um, just uh, make a wrap on that? Or is there any other uh, bold predictions that you want to throw out there? I don't have any bold predictions with this group. I think this is the most improved part of the, uh, the team overall. They spent a ton of money. From a talent standpoint. From a talent perspective. Yes, sure. yes. Thank you for, yeah. Uh, from a talent perspective, the most improved. These guys, are, it's new blood. I'm excited to have some new blood. They all seem like good guys too, uh, off the field. I will say a, a quick uh, story. We, when we were at camp, uh, a youth football player uh, had gotten Zadarius Smith's autograph and uh, Zadarius Smith, uh, this kid was selling um, uh, like tokens for, uh, for fundraising for the, for the football program. And Zadarius Smith offered to buy one of these, these tokens for the kid to help support a youth football program in the Green Bay area. That's something that wasn't happening when the cameras are around. This was just him talking to a kid after practice. That's got to make you feel good, not only about the kind of guy that we know we're getting on the field, but we're getting a special guy off the field that cares about the community and cares about giving back. 
Yeah, and it's good because we've got some uh, young guys on this defense, and so uh, having a, a Zedarius and Preston and Amos that are still pretty young and coming into the primes of their careers, but uh, know what it takes to, to uh, conduct themselves uh, with professionalism both on and off the field. Yeah, Wags, Wags, it's happening. The season's getting closer. We've got a couple preseason games left. Uh, do you expect to see any surprises the, the third preseason game? It feels like that's the dress rehearsal for the regular season historically. I, I don't know. They've kept it pretty vanilla here so far, Dane. I mean, will Rogers play in the preseason? Um, I think if they... Stick with the script, win or lose, and they are keeping guys relatively healthy. Um, you have to define this as a success. Um, we've had some young guys come in and be able to uh, really uh, show what they have and that they deserve to uh, take make real consideration, if not outright make the roster. Um, a couple of surprises that we weren't expecting necessarily. And then a couple of guys that uh, unfortunately uh, have not been able to take that step forward. Uh, so. Um, I, I don't think we're going to have any real shockers uh, mm -hmm. uh, when it's all said and done. But we got a couple of weeks to go, so I got to go through the the entirety of camp. Uh, the practices are going to be closed after tomorrow. Wow! Uh, so it's it's going to be much more in house and have a much more regular season feel to it. I, I think in this last couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what we get. Um, but uh, I think things are are definitely starting to take focus as we get closer and closer to the regular season. Get the crock pots ready, get your Packer blankets out. The fall is around the corner. Uh, our next podcast, we'll be talking about the uh, defensive back position group. Wags, it's time. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.